Welcome to Simple Reflections of Christianity Podcast, and this is Studies in the Psalms Christ and His Church in the Book of Psalms by Andrew Bonar. This work is in the public domain and available online. <laughs> Studies in the Psalms Psalm 11 11 colon title to the chief musician, a psalm of David. One in the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain? Two for low, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string. That they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Three of the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? For the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try, the children of men. Five the Lord trieth the righteous. But the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Six upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone. And a horrible tempest, this shall be the portion of their cup. Seven for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Psalm 11 1-7 to seven The combatants at the lake Thrasymony are said to have been so engrossed with the conflict, that neither party perceived the convulsions of nature that shook the ground, an earthquake reeled unheedingly away. None felt stern nature rocking at his feet. From a nobler cause, it is thus with the soldiers of the Lamb. They believe, and, therefore, make no haste, nay, they can scarcely be said to feel earth's convulsions as other men, because their eager hope presses forward to the issue at the advent of the Lord. In the Lord I have put my trust, how say ye to my soul, flee, sparrows, to your hill. Sneeringly referring to Zion Hill. Hoarsely. They have taken up their position, and who shall ever drive them from it? They refer to a twofold ground of alarm presented to their thoughts by the foe. For lo! The wicked bend their bow. They place their arrow upon the string. To shoot privily at the upright in heart, for, the foundations are destroyed. The righteous, what can he do? The enemy may thus array his terrors, as if the Lord's host were a partridge on the mountains. 1 Sam. 26-20, there is a sneer at Mount Zion, in there. One it has been suggested, but the words may as well mean, they have their secure resort, their Zoar mountain, Genesis 19:17, on which they shall stand and see the rain of snares, fire and brimstone on these men of Sodom, there. 6. Their Judean mountain, where they shall be safe when the abomination of desolation appears, Matthew 24:16. It is this, the Lord Himself. Though all the pillars of social and religious order were destroyed, still. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. The enemy has not reached up to this fortress, he has not shaken this sure defense. On the other hand, the Lord is preparing to make a sortie in behalf of his own. He is surveying, in preparation for this burst of judgment. His eyes behold. Nay, more, he is in the position of one who contracts his eyebrows and fixes his eyelids in order to discern accurately the mark he aims at. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous. And the result is interposition in behalf of his own, for in the trial he discovers the difference between the principles of the two hostile parties, and now makes it known. The wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone. And an horrible tempest, a wrath wind, shall be the portion of their cup. All that came upon Sodom and Gomorrah shall be realized at the Lord's appearing in flaming fire. 2 Thessalonians 1 8. At the very time, perhaps, 
When men imagine they have got the righteous in their snares, the Lord comes and his net is spread over them, his snare suddenly starts up, Luke 21:35, and they are taken, caught unexpectedly in a net whose meshes they can never break, seized by the hands of the living God, and doomed to the vengeance of eternal fire as the portion of their cup. It is the measured, just, and due amount of wrath for their sins, for it is called a cup portion, ni quid preter majum acqui mensurum, bellinipsis peccatorum supplicis per divinum providentium fieri arbitrimer. August, all this proceeds from the rectitude of Jehovah's character. For righteous is the Lord, he loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. His righteousness sees it meet thus to visit the ungodly with a Sodom doom, and on the other hand, to look with favor on his Abrahams at Mamre, and no longer hide himself, as in Psalm 10:4. It is somewhat remarkable that in Ver. 7 the Hebrew uses the plural for his countenance. Critics are content to call this use of, their countenance, by the name pluralis majestatus, and to say that it may express perfection, or greatness, in him of whom it is used. But if we admit of a reference to the Trinity in Genesis 1:26, why not here? The countenance of the Godhead, Godhead in all its fullness, each person of the Godhead, shall give a look of delighted approval. With a countenance full of paternal affection he beholds them in the midst of their sorrows, until, admitted through mercy to the glory from which he excludes the wicked, they behold that countenance which has always beheld them. Horn. Our Lord might sing this psalm at Bethany on such occasions as that mentioned in Luke 13 31, 32, when they came and said, Get thee out hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he has left it for us, that we may use it, as no doubt David used it when it was first given to the church, in times of danger and threatening. Dr. Alix would apply it specially to the church after she fled into the wilderness, comparing there. 2. With Revelation 13 14. It applies with almost equal fullness to all these cases, and yet also to an individual believer's case when tempted, like that good man who said, Sirs, it is a great thing to believe that there is a God. It exhibits to us, the righteous one's faith under apparent disaster. Yeah.